Man, Merry Christmas, guys. I don't think I've said that to anybody this morning. I got to say that to our church last week, but uh, how are you guys doing? Everybody doing all right? Good. Well, I'm excited to, uh, to be here this morning. Jen and I are both pumped to be here uh, this morning, so uh, let's just go ahead and dive right in, all right? We're, we're going to start this first week of Advent, and so let's go ahead and just dive right in. Um, how many of you appreciate clarity? Whether it's with a, a job or maybe uh, it's with, uh, you know, a, a spouse or uh, whatever it is, maybe a coach. Um, I appreciate clarity. Um, I appreciate when, when someone is clear about what they want uh, because then I can know how exactly I can help. And that's one of the reasons I like being part of the City Light family is because we are clear about what we want to do. We try hard to be clear about what we want to do. We exist to multiply disciples and churches, and we want to do this across all nations, right? Across all races, across all types of people groups. And uh, that's who we are, and that's what we do. Now, Jen and I, we became part of the City Life family in uh, 2014, and uh, we actually have been part of uh, key parts of like two uh, church plants when we planted City Light Council Bluffs uh, out of Omaha in 2016 and then now since we we're planting West CB uh, we've been part of two uh, two church plants and we've been able to see uh, friends and family uh, plant five other uh, City Light churches um, We've been discipled by people. Jen has been discipled by ladies in, in our church. I've been discipled by people like Doug and Eric, who are the pastors of uh, City Light Council Bluffs. Um, our kids have also been discipled. There's been people probably in this church that have discipled my daughter, or our daughter. I take credit for her a lot. <laughs> I probably shouldn't as much, but uh, our daughter, Brittany, who works over uh, at the City Light uh, Central location here in Lincoln, um, there have been people over the years that have just invested her in her and discipled in her, and we've seen her life changed as a result of um, people who understand what it means to make disciples, right? Um, our, our boys, both of our boys, uh, Kyle goes to Providence. He and his wife go to Providence. Um, there are people that are pouring into him because they understand they're clear about what it means to make disciples and to plant churches. Cole, same, same story. People are investing in him and making disciples, uh, making a disciple out of him. So our family has personally benefited <laughs> We've, we've been a part of churches planning, being planted. We've seen people uh, disciple us, and we get the opportunity to, to make disciples. Um, clarity is important. If there's one thing that the City Light family is clear about, is it's multiplying disciples and churches. And that's one of the reasons, um, uh, when you talk about clarity, that's one of the reasons I like this book of John. Is because John is clear about what he wants to do. From the beginning of this gospel to the end, John has a clear message. And he sets out to answer some really big questions about who Jesus is. What did Jesus do and why does it matter? And I think that's super helpful. Because in all the craziness of 2020, we've all had questions like this, right? 
Who is Jesus? What did he do? And why does it matter? And even more so around Christmas time uh, during this year, we, we've been asking questions like this. And maybe in your mind, you got some of these questions on lock. You, you got it down as to who Jesus is. You're, you're trolling right along. It's a little bit of suffering, but you're moving right along. But I can guarantee you that not everybody is in the same spot that you're in. There's a lot of your coworkers that are asking questions. What does Christmas mean this year? What does, it, what does Jesus have to do with Christmas this year? Maybe your neighbors. Maybe there's um, classmates, friends, family. Everybody's wondering, does Jesus matter? And with unbridled clarity, John answers this question from the very beginning. And he sets the tone um, in chapter 1, and he carries this all the way through the rest of the gospel. John's purpose in this gospel is to show that Jesus is God. This is where John starts, and since John starts at the beginning, that's where we're going to start, but we're going to break it up into three parts, all right? Jesus was... Jesus is, and will you believe? Jesus was, Jesus is, and will you believe? So let's jump in with Jesus was. Um, let's take your Bibles, if you got them, and turn, uh, turn to John chapter 1. Let's read verse 1, all right? It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, you might be saying, Chuck, you just got done telling us that Jesus, like we're going to be talking about Jesus, but it seems like we're talking about the Word. Isn't the Word the Bible and the Bible the Word? Um, how do you get to Jesus? Well, let me show you. Take again, take a look again in verse number one. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So, look at Continue, let's continue reading in verse 2. It says, He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Do you see what happened there? The subject of verse 1, the word, was replaced with a pronoun. Now, this, we're just doing some basic Bible study here. We're going to figure out how we're getting to Jesus. The subject of verse 1, the word, was replaced with the personal pronoun, he or him. But let's keep going because right now we don't know who he is. Uh, look in verse number 14. It says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So we're learning a little bit more about who this Word is, right? Verse 14 tells us that the Word, it shows up again, that idea of the Word, is now living among us, and it's full of grace and truth. Let's take a look at one more verse. Look, look at verse number 17. It says, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through who? Came through Jesus. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. 
So if the word is a person that we find out there in verse number two, and that person is full of grace and truth, and grace and truth came through Jesus, who is the word in verse number one? Who? Yeah, Jesus is the word in verse number one. You guys are tracking right along with me. So I know that was a lot of Bible work to do, but that connection is important. And what we're going to do, let's go back up to verse number one, and let's replace the word word with Jesus, all right? I want want to get some participation here, all right? All right, so in the beginning was Jesus. All right, and the was with God and the Jesus. was God, right? So in the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was God, and Jesus was with God, right? That's, that's what John 1 is saying, and I know that's a lot of Bible work, but that connection is important for us to get, and here's why. The Christmas story with John, it doesn't begin in a manger with a baby. He doesn't give details about Jesus' family like Matthew and Luke do. There's no mention of angels or shepherds. John begins the Christmas story by placing Jesus where we expect God to be, in the beginning. John goes back beyond the manger. He goes further back than even creation. John to the beginning of beginnings. And that's where we find Jesus. Jesus is God because he was in the beginning. In the beginning, Jesus was. So why does that matter? Here's why that matters. Jesus can be trusted because Jesus always was. Jesus was there in the beginning. Amen? Now, let me see if this helps a little bit. Um, If you want to find a a how-to video, uh, you got a project going on at the house, or maybe you got to replace an alternator on your car, or um, there's, you want to find a five-minute craft, or you want to find out how to do a trick shot, do you go to, um, do you go to YouTube, or do you go to HowCast? Where do you go? YouTube. Everybody goes to YouTube. Now, did you know Howcast is actually a site like YouTube? It was developed about four years after YouTube, but we don't go to Howcast, do we? We go to YouTube because they were there in the beginning. They were like the, the, one of the very first ones. We, we trust YouTube because they were there in the beginning. They earned our trust um, in the beginning of how-to videos, and they're still around so that we can learn things like replacing alternators, taking care of projects, five-minute crafts, or uh, figuring out how to do a, a trick shot. We trust them now because they were there in the beginning. The good news of Christmas is that Jesus was there in the beginning. He's been, a long, he's been around longer than YouTube. He's proven himself to be worthy of our trust. When, when we talk about uh, Jesus, what we're talking about here this morning is that, that Jesus was there in the beginning. This is who we put our trust in for eternity. This is more important than figuring out how to replace an alternator. 
This is more important than trying to figure out a five-minute craft. Jesus, we, we put our trust in him because he is, takes care of our eternity. He's the one that takes us home. Jesus can be trusted because he was there in the beginning. He is God because he was there in the beginning. In the beginning, Jesus was. Now let's talk a little bit about who Jesus is. Let's read John 1, 1 through 3 again. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So I had the question as I was working through this, why didn't John just use the word Jesus? Why did he, why did he have to use the word word? Well, if you do a little bit of study, you find out that this, the, the word that was used for word here, the Greek word is, is logos, logos, however you want to pronounce it. But that's the word that was uh, used, that John used, and it, it had all kinds of meaning during this culture, during this first century time. For example, this word logos was one of the most significant terms in Greek philosophy. Greek philosophers since 600 BC, they've been using this word logos to refer, now listen to this, to that thing in the universe that kept everything in order. Logos was that thing that held everything together in a world of change. The Logos made calm out of chaos. Logos was the higher power that gave purpose and design to everything that they knew. So when John used this word Logos, he he, ref he was referring uh, to Jesus, and he was saying, hey, listen, listen, people. Jesus is everything you've been searching for. That thing that has occupied your mind and your thoughts, that's, that's Jesus. That thing that you've been writing about for century, this logos has come to earth, and his name is Jesus. Jesus is everything that you've been searching for. That's what John was communicating. So maybe you're here this morning and you've not yet trusted Jesus. You're not quite convinced or maybe you said a prayer when you were six and got baptized, but your life now doesn't match up to what we know Jesus taught. Maybe you're in that camp. Let me ask you something. What are you searching for? What in your heart do you think will bring you order? Like, if you could hold something in your hand, what is it that would make sense of the life that you want to live? What is it that if you had it, it would give you purpose? Maybe it's a, uh, maybe it's a job. Maybe it's a job that you've always wanted, a job that'll give you significance or um, get you up the ladder just a little bit more in the management structure. Maybe that's, if you had that, that's what would give you purpose. Maybe it's a few more digits uh, in your bank account, a few more zeros on the left side of the decimal. If you just could get there a little bit, maybe that would give you significance. Maybe, um, maybe it's kids. Maybe you've been trying to have kids for a really long time. And if you could just have that baby, that baby would give you 
significance and purpose. If you're an empty nester like us, maybe it's grandkids, <laughs> right? Just give, me, just give me that little grandbaby, then I would be able to make sense of things. Maybe you suffer from addiction, and you say, um, man, I just want to get past this addiction. If I could just not go to that porn site, if I could just leave the bottle alone, if I could just maybe put the cheeseburger down, right? <laughs> if I could get rid of that addiction, maybe that would give me a sense of purpose. And maybe you find your sense of purpose in, uh, in developing that perfect body, right? Get the body fat percentage down into the single digits. Maybe those things are what you're searching for, and you think those things will give you a sense of purpose or a sense of significance. Those things will make the calm out of chaos. They'll give you that perfect peace. What are you searching for? Let me give you some bad news, all right? If you got that thing, or maybe if you're an overachiever and you get that thing, you're never going to find that sense of purpose in that thing. Money, kids, grandkids, freedom from addiction, fitness, none of those things were ever meant to bear the weight of your worship, guys. Never was it ever meant to do that. Oftentimes, um, we get freedom from addiction only to find out that we go to another thing, right? There's always going to be someone with a, a little less body fat, or maybe they can run a little faster mile, or lift a little bit more weight, or have a little bit more money, or have some cuter kids than what you do, or whatever. There's there, those things were never meant to bear the weight of your worship, City Light. But here's the good news. What John is telling us, what John is telling us right now, is that Jesus is the person that you're searching for. That thing that you're longing to love, that's Jesus. That thing that you're looking to for hope, it's Jesus. The source of joy that you've always thirsted for, it's Jesus. The peace that you want to experience, it's found in Jesus. Jesus is the person that you're searching for this morning. But maybe you're here this morning and you say, Chuck, I've been following Jesus for a really long time. Um, maybe you're in that camp. But you know, like you know, that there's those couple areas in your life that need to change. They've been lingering for a long time. But you just kind of hit cruise control. You've just kind of ignored those areas. And you just kind of hit cruise control. I can relate to that, actually. I met Jesus when I was 14 years old at a Nazarene youth camp. And... Um, um, I, I was in high school, followed Jesus in high school, uh, went to college, followed Jesus in college, met my wife, Jen. We got married. We raised kids. Um, we, we would pray with our children. Um, they have grown up, trusted Christ. They're pursuing Jesus. And I think I'm 48 years old now, and I think you could say probably um, pretty mostly over the last what, 34 years? I've been following Jesus um, as best as I know how. 
But the reality is, is that for these last 34 years, there's always been something in my life that I know I needed to change. There's always been an area of my life where I need to be discipled in, whether it's giving, whether it's self-control, you know, at the, uh, at the buffet. There's always been an area in my life that I know needs to be changed. I would set New Year's resolutions or I would come up with new goals, but still nothing changed. Have you ever been there? Come on, am I by myself? <laughs> right? Yeah. You realize something needs to happen, but it never does. The Bible word for that is repentance. All right? Repentance is necessary in our walk with Jesus, but sometimes it's so freaking hard, isn't it? Like, it's, it's just tough. Repentance is hard because it reminds us that we still need Jesus. Like, Jesus just isn't our ticket to heaven. We need Jesus in our daily life because without him, we can't repent from sin, guys. We need Jesus in our daily life. And here's the good news of Christmas, City Light. The change that seems impossible, the victory over sin, that, that sin that's been lingering in your life, the repentance that you've been anticipating, it's found in Jesus. And I love the way that Pastor John Piper puts it. Look at this, this, uh, this quote. It says, true repentance comes when we see God as glorious and holy. The more we see him in all his glory, the more we will see our sin as something to weep over. Did you catch that? The more we see God in all his glory, the more we will see our sin as something to weep over. Repentance is less about feeling bad over our behavior and more about feeling awe and delight towards God. Repentance comes when we see the glory, the majesty, and the awesomeness of God. And we see that in Jesus. He is the beginning and the end. He is the creator. Jesus is God in the flesh. Jesus is the perfect sacrifice for our sin. He is the resurrection and the life. Folks, this morning, we see all and glory and power in Jesus because of what he's done for us. He came to earth as a, as a man, took on our flesh, lived a perfect life, went through a mock trial, was beaten, died on a cross, and raised to new life. That's where we see the glory and awe of Jesus. So where do we go from here? In the beginning, Jesus was. Jesus is everything we've been searching for. So where do we go from here? What do we do? I think it means that we have to do something with Jesus. We got to do something with Jesus today. John starts strong in chapter one by telling us who Jesus was. He tells story after story after story after story to tell us who Jesus is. And then in John chapter 20, he writes the reason that he wrote the book. He tells us what his purpose was in writing this gospel and recording all of these things down. In John 20, verses 30 and 31, it says, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written, these ones I've told you about, these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. John's purpose wasn't simply for us to know a few facts about who Jesus is. 
John's purpose was that we might believe that Jesus is the king of kings, that Jesus is the Christ, that we might believe that he is the most unique person that ever walked this planet. That's why John wrote this book, and that that belief of who Jesus is would give us true life. So here's what I think I want to do this morning. I just want to ask you, will you believe? Will this be a different advent for you? Will you just believe who Jesus is? For some, you might be trying to figure out who Jesus is. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. My question for you is, will you believe Jesus this morning? For some, it could be that you've worked hard all of your life, and you don't seem to have anything for it. There's no purpose. There's no significance. You've worked hard all of your life, and there's no fulfillment. Jesus says, come to me, all ye who are weary and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. My question this morning is, will you believe that? For some, you've been searching all of your life, and you're thirsty for answers. Jesus says, come. <laughs> I'll give you water that you'll never have to drink again. This morning, will you believe that? For others, you've believed Jesus for years, but you've just kind of been on cruise control. There's areas of your life that you know have got to change. But you're just like, I'm going to punch in, and I'm going to punch out this morning. Sundays becomes a box that you check off on your to-do list, and you've lost the glory and majesty of seeing who Jesus is. My question this morning is, will you keep on believing Will you see that what Jesus did, he did for you, that you need him to repent of that, those areas of your life? Jesus is calling you out to change those areas of your life, to draw near to him. There's a guy just not too far before these verses, um, uh, for John 20, there's this, there's a dude named Thomas and, uh, he saw Jesus go through, um, you know, he walked with Jesus for three years. He saw Jesus go through this trial and, uh, and get, get murdered on the cross. And he told people around him when he heard, when they were telling him that Jesus is alive, that Jesus is different than any other person that ever walked this planet. When he heard that story, he goes, hey, no way. <laughs> Except I put my hands in his side and my, my fingers in his, in his hands. I'm, I'm not going to believe that. And you know what Jesus did? Jesus showed up. Jesus showed himself to Thomas. This morning, maybe you just need to ask Jesus, would you show me yourself this morning? Show me who you are. Would you give me a fresh taste of who you are? Would you give me a fresh vision of your majesty and your all? My question to you this morning is, will you keep on believing, City Light? Keep walking toward Jesus this morning. Friends, in the beginning, Jesus was, so you can trust him. Jesus is the God you've been searching for. The question is, will you believe? Pray with me. Father, we're, man, our hearts are humble this morning. 
We just ask that you would, um, would you be near to us? God, I, I don't know where these, these friends of mine are with you. I think some of them are walking close with you. Some of them are just checking a box today. Lord, I just pray that you'd make yourself known. God, if there's anybody here this morning that um, like are trying to figure out who you are, God, I just ask that you would uh, reveal yourself to them. Would they see you as, as glorious and, and wonderful, Lord? So God, would you uh, guide this time? Um, yeah, uh, would you just show yourself to, to us this morning? We ask these things in your name. Amen.